Hello, everyone, and welcome to this free episode of TF. It is my great pleasure, uh, Riley, one. yes, to bring you on this free one, Britain's mm. number one piss salesman <laughs> and TV prankster and former guest of the show a couple of times, it's Uba Butler. Uba. Hello, 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 hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I got piss. <laughs> yeah. you, you were like selling it door to door, and what, what could we do but let you in, invite you in? And... We were the only ones who would let you in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been doing the rounds. <laughs> one of those carrying like, your suitcase full of piss. One of those like old people remember when Facebook groups. It's like remember when the piss man still had a cart mm. he would haul door to door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 piss and jug man. He'd come round. He'd say any piss. <laughs> yeah, back when you were just a, a a twinkle in the piss man's eye. <laughs> remember when the piss man was hard. Mm. <laughs> What's it like being Britain's number one piss salesman and child knife procurer? Yeah, it's kind of fun. It's nice being, I've moved on from shed man to piss man. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, as you get older, you just don't know whether you're going to be able to achieve your dreams. And yet, look at me. <laughs> We're look asking me today. the question, can I'm, men thinking... have it all? Can they have piss and a shed? I suppose, I suppose my first question is, Is the piss and the, are the piss and the knives like related? Like, are you... Arming the country's children. Yeah, to apprehend shoplifters. I'm, I am running county lines on this. <laughs> yeah. and, and what's more is Amazon is actually quite culpable in enabling the county lines that's, piss that's trade. True. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I have to say that I thank them for making my product abundant yeah. and plentiful. Because you know what? You were mm. a hardworking door to door piss salesman, mm. and then you used the platform Amazon offered you. To be able to offer piss to the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are pro small business after all. Now, that's, if that's you're wondering why people we're... think the violence is inherent to the piss trade, but really it's only the prohibition of piss that drives it underground and <laughs> if into we the hands of criminals. Decriminalized piss? <laughs> yeah. Yes. You'd be out of a no, job. Yeah. You know? No P January must be really difficult for you. So if you wonder why we're talking about uh, Uber being some kind of a strange, uh, like, a, like a piss NPC. Uh, it's mm. because he has just uh, released a um, just released mm. new documentary uh, that is now streaming uh, anywhere that you can that you can find it. It's golden. It's on channel four. Yeah, uh, on channel four. Mm. Uh, it is all about how you have you, you say pranked, but you could also say kind of found various faults in Amazon's processes um, that would allow someone who meant harm, for example, to um, I don't know, sell piss to an, <laughs> to an <laughs> un unsuspecting customer, mm. to allow children to order knives. You got uh, taken to an Amazon black site at one point. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk all about uh, uh, your documentary, The Great Amazon Heist. <laughs> Getting rendition However, to an Amazon black site, but no one was in, so they just dropped you over the fence and <laughs> left you out in the rain. <laughs> so, But before we get, of course, into our, uh, our, our back half uh, Amazon chicanery, uh, we have been keeping our ear to the ground when it comes to Peter Thiel and his, mm. uh, let's say, newfound role in federal employment. Yes. So this is interesting mm. because it depends. This is entirely sourced to a guy who disappeared from the internet for a few years. Do we remember a guy called Chuck Johnson or Charles C. Johnson? 
uh, sort of big, big uh, red beards. Uh, he so he was this like long time opportunist. He um, Gorka published this story about him having like shit on the floor at a party in college, and he sued them for <laughs> like you know stupid amounts of money. Um, but yeah, he's he's been sort of a part of any number of like uh, like alt right sort of like neo Nazi things, um, and every single one of them he has kind of imploded through his own hubris and like interpersonal strangeness and then he disappeared off the map for a while and it turned out what he was doing was being the silent partner in clearview ai which is this like th- you can get into some uh, really guys, yeah. some really dark right. shit with this like in a uh in lately of this parish clearview exactly, ai exactly yeah and, and mm-hmm. like that's a company with some deep and abiding links to to neo-nazis and that he posted on facebook in like 20 I think it was like 2017 that he was like developing, he was working on algorithms to deport all the immigrants. It's a real glow up, isn't it? From shitting. Yeah. <laughs> the alleged shitting. We- yeah. Oh, yeah. Very alleged. <laughs> yeah, sure. now, my, my favorite Chuck Johnson detail is that he tried to, he fabricated a story against Bob Menendez to try to smear yeah, him. Why would you need to? He, he, he tried to frame the most obviously corrupt senator for corruption. But like, yeah, if, if you remember him from Twitter Allegedly. back in the day, he got suspended for like threatening to kill Deray McKesson and then Elon gave him his account back after Elon got red-pilled last year. Um, Mm. But like if you remember him from back in the day one of the things that he was sort of characteristic of him was he loved being melodramatic he loved pretending to be a spy he loved pretending to be a cop and he loved hinting at all of these things and he loved being like like uh, Jan Marzalek Exactly Exactly Yes Oh But we have so what we have the, in this story, essentially, like Peter Thiel being an FBI informant, uh, codenamed, by the way, The Philosopher. Uh, Amazing. Chuck Johnson's <laughs> FBI informant codename was Genius. This this may well turn out not to be true at all. First of all, because the man, like, I don't, he's not, and I don't know if FBI agents have that level of irony within them. Um, but... But, like, maybe he got his dream job. I don't know. And once mm. again, for, like, the fifth time with a bunch of, like, uh, like alt-right people, Chuck Johnson is blowing up the spot because he can't be normal. Uh, and this kind of, like, interpersonal dipshittery is maybe the greatest ally we have against the alt-right, is that they can't get along with each other. Yeah. Mm. So... Or make it to the mm, toilet. It's a, it's a good time. thing the left. It's a good thing the left don't have those problems at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lockstep on the left, baby. <laughs> in uh, in 2021, uh, the Teal began providing information to the FBI on uh, a number of things, namely other people in the in the Silicon Valley world who were vaguely, let's say, of interest to federal intelligence, um, mm. and that uh, this was part of Teal's realizing that oh shit the maga being associated with the maga movement um has been getting some people also federal informants in jail i'd better distance myself from them immediately yeah uh, uh, so now i i hope i mean obviously the point of chuck johnson saying this is to try and like burn teal to like anyone he's ever worked with and he's given money to a lot of people um Mm -hmm. and so if, if the hope is that like what he's done is all of those teal bucks were reported directly to the FBI and, you know, he has actually been like dropping a dime square, so to speak, uh, then, you know, great. It destroys teal and like Johnson is very happy. Um, what's interesting to me though is the extent to which, if this is true, it reveals a kind of like 
working of the intelligence community that we've only seen kind of hinted at. You can see it in bits of it in like in the like Epstein stuff, where it's like anytime any of these people are in trouble for anything, they are able to make out some kind of like dubious intelligence value to whatever they're doing. They'll give up something, we know not what, and in the hopes that it kind of gets the heat off them and, you know, maybe it works. So in this case, this is reading from the Business Insider article where this came out. Mm-hmm. In a statement prepared for the Senate Judiciary Committee, Jonathan Booma, the FBI agent that Teal was <laughs> informing. Yeah, he was. He, 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 he said, uh, you should buy a house. When I was your age, it was easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, said that FBI headquarters had closed <laughs> no his most valuable... No one wants to be an informant these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, inc- had closed his most valuable human sources, including Genius, Johnson, uh, who had reported on far-right figures involved with planning the attack on the Capitol. Johnson told the insider that Genius was his CHS codename, which they, which insider was able to independently verify. Great. Perfect. He must have either, so either Jonathan Booma, very, very good sense of humor, or easily Mm. buffaloed by, um, you know, $6 words. Yeah. I'm, I mean, this is the thing, though. I do appreciate that, like, I don't know what the consequences of this are going to be. I don't think that, like, Peter Thiel is going to get, like, shanked in prison as a consequence of this. But I do appreciate the kind of mutually assured destruction of being, like, I am a Fed, he's a Fed, everyone who's ever taken money from him is a Fed. That's, you know, it's very helpful. Well, let, I'll, I'll carry, I'll carry Peter on. Peter gets stabbed in prison and finds himself covered in someone else's blood. <laughs> uh, Johnson said that he was exposing Teal's work as a source in retribution for what Johnson perceives to be bad decision-making by the Founders Fund, Teal's venture capital firm, citing that he felt betrayed that Teal did not invest in Johnson's own startup ideas. <laughs> <laughs> But he, this is the thing, like, he's he's just like any other tech guy, which is, he had one successful pitch, which was, we're gonna create Clearview AI, and it's gonna, like, allow the death squads to kill all the immigrants, right? That was his, ex- like, explicit mm. plan for that, and Peter Steele picked it up. And then, he just kind of, like, fucked around thinking, he was, like, convinced that he had some kind of, like, entrepreneurial genius, and was then like, why aren't any of my other startup ideas getting traction? There's a million guys like that in Silicon Valley. He was going to make the right-wing metaverse. He, well, his, his one before this was something called WeSearcher, which was going to be, like, an alt-right crowdfunding thing. They did a bunch of, like, planning for, like, uh, the Gorka lawsuit and the Slack channel for that, and that that collapsed, too, because, again, because Peter Thiel didn't want to put the money into it. So, yes. it's it's just this, this weird kind of, like, right-wing miniature terrarium version of Silicon Valley, where you have all of the same stuff, but there's one hedge fund instead of a bunch of VCs. Yeah, so- WeSearcher got hemmed up in a trademark suit because that's what the people who work on the Jonathan Ross show doing the storylines are called. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Johnson also told Insider that he felt betrayed he didn't invest in his own startups, which he expected Teal to do in exchange for introducing him to Booma, saying that he told Teal that by offering him an FBI, offering the FBI a window in his contacts with foreign governments, he could demonstrate his loyalty to the United States. And that basically, he, and then he then made clear to Teal that extravagant wealth no longer affords the safety that it used to. I told him to join up or get crushed. And then what clearly happened, right, is like, I... I blackmailed you fair and square, and you didn't offer me a bribe. <laughs> now I'm going to the press. Well, it's very rude, you know, to, to not reciprocate. Mm. Uh, you know. This guy's a kindred spirit. I like this guy. I don't mm. know about this guy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this is the... Uh, you. I, I. But what I like most about Chuck Johnson, though, as uh, Milo, your comment that this is an American Jan Marsalek is quite apt, oh, okay. I think. Fantastic. Um, is... 
to think like this is someone who again likes being a spy and romanticizes it but because he's an american spy working for an american american intelligence most of what he is able this would be true for british as well uh most of what he is able to do is post and wine he posts and wines and tattles that's all he's yod marsalek he has a, he wrote a substack justifying why he burned teal and it is exactly as weepy and ju- self-justifying and self-aggrandizing as you might expect which i'm going to read from a little bit now but this is just like think keep hold the image of jan marsalek like waving around the recipe for novichok to whoever would <laughs> would look at it and like putting on so much gucci gear in libya that like the gru guys he was with was like you're gonna get killed if you wear that much fancy equipment guy from the gru being like too much gucci people will think you're chechen <laughs> <laughs> right Hold that in your mind while we read this. Johnson wrote this. I worked on new technologies, especially satellites and genetics and facial recognition, and on sovereign wealth funds and foreign uh, interference in American elections. I met with and recruited sources for the FBI. I did this at great expense, both financial and stress, and I enjoyed every bit of it. Family members of mine had served in the intelligence community as undercovers, and I suppose you could say I wanted to prove my mettle. I liked the danger of it. Unfortunately, what I was danger? Uns- what was Mencius fucking Moldbug gonna do to this fat cunt with a pubic beard? Yeah, is it, I, I love danger- the idea of being like tortured to death by Peter Thiel. Like he finds out that you're spying on him, and he like you know he's got like a fucking basement set up with like a blood gutter in the yeah, floor. Yeah, fucking like Gavin yeah. McInnes is gonna like beat the shit out of you, and out of reflex, you just start naming cereal brands. <laughs> yeah, like, like the, what the danger of tattling to your own government? What fucking danger? Mm. Unfortunately, is he, is, he, is he working pro bono? Why has he got financial pressure? I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, uh, expenses. It's like any job, you know? Mm. It says, unfortunately, I was unceremoniously terminated as a confidential human source, along with other sources handled by special agent Jonathan Buma, because my work was, quote, too good. <laughs> 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 Bond, you're off the case. I, this is this is great yeah. though because it just reveals unintentionally a little bit about that re- how that relationship worked. This is a man who was desperate for the status of being like an undercover informant, and this one bored FBI agent is just like, you know, if you didn't expend so many like avocado toasts, you'd be. He's just like not really paying that much attention. You kind of get the sense nothing is really. Like, nothing useful is going on intelligence-wise here. All this man wanted was an exploding pen, and they wouldn't give it to him. And they gave Jan Marsalek the recipe for Novichok. This is the thing. You have way Mm. better returns doing this in Russia than you do in the US. Honestly, you have to read the first four pages of the recipe for Novichok of them reminiscing about the time (laughs) they were watching Swan Lake before it even gets to the actual ingredients. So uh, keep in mind what you said about this just being very bored uh, and he just being humored by this FBI agent because the next line of this Substack post takes on a very different tone, if you keep that in mind. I take this slide as a high compliment, especially as I was, sure, I was assured material I provided went directly to the president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to put this in the president's in. Mm. Yeah, it makes this kind of sound uh, as it goes in. It's fine. That's normal. 
Wait, is this yeah. is this is this Biden or Trump at this point? Because these are two very different kinds of not reading it. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. like Trump's not reading it, and he's like, oh, "What is this? Some kind of loser? I don't know. I'm not interested." Whereas <laughs> Biden is like, "Why? What?" But the thing is, <laughs> what's the paperwork? If if Trump thought about this guy at all, it would be because the most lurid detail is the one that sticks in Trump's mind, whether it's true or not. To Trump, he would be the floor shitting guy. Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a disgrace. <laughs> very, um, very fat guy, he shits anywhere. Ass so big he misses the toilet. That's what I'm hearing. That's what people are saying. He did know, uh, he claims to have known Trump and worked on the Trump transition team. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because, <laughs> like, fucking anyone was there. Team, sorry, I just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so during the time during that time, I recruited several human sources, including the philosopher, aka Peter Thiel. I did this because I was instructed to find the FBI to help deal with compromised billionaires, especially in the tech world. There's a lot, and indeed, many venture funds effectively double as fronts for foreign intelligence. Oh no, I'm like, just hearing this for the first time. Yeah, I, for example, Jonathan Buma and I stopped Elon Musk from giving billions in inflated stock to Igor Kurganov, a, a Russian poker player backed by the Chinese mob. Okay, that's really... If you could have got Elon Musk's legs broken by the Chinese mob, why oh, did you I take love that a, from I love a guy, Ivan Kurganov, Russian poker player backed by the Chinese mob. <laughs> How does that this first is like, meeting This is like happen? a character in a Dan Brown book. <laughs> you, you, you play like one hand that goes really well and like a guy calls you across the bar and is like, hey, do you want to work for the Chinese mob? Like, <laughs> Yeah, against Thai, Chinese Le Chiffre. <laughs> uh, the Founders Fund continued to back a series of con men rather than be a responsible venture firm, to which I have to say, Andreessen Horowitz has never backed a con man. Yeah. SoftBank has never backed a con man. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of sort of like axe to grind with Elon Musk in this post, and you can kind of read, reading between the lines, that's his real beef. Um, like, I, I, we weren't going to mention this, but I think it does bear mentioning that he ends the thing with a little like thing implying heavily that Elon Musk is like, you know, working with Israeli intelligence, which again is coming from an like more or less open neo-Nazi and certainly open Holocaust denier. So the seriousness mm. with which you should take that and the implications you should make from it, I think very little. But that's the beef that he has here. Is that he, yeah. his, he's angry that Peter Thiel is better friends with Elon Musk, another billionaire, than the guy whose chief claim to fame is settled with Gorka Media after they printed a claim that he shit on the floor in college. Hey, God, he also you... introduced Hon Tan That to Clearview AI. Yeah, the weird, like, I... celibate, mm. uh, racist, <laughs> Asian monk guy, Coda. Yes, certainly. Yeah, being a spy sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean... I genuinely just wrote, I genuinely just thought, how... Uber, how do you feel about possible? barrels? I, I think you just have to like put the feelers out there. We're, if, we're, if, if we're just... planting some seeds, but yeah, because it's because it's because it's you, it'd have to sort of be. Can you can you be the spy that plays all the sides? Can can you involve the Chinese mob in your next exactly. documentary? Genuinely, um, I, you have to get really good at poker in Kowloon. You know, <laughs> I genuinely, I just sat there fantasizing about being. I think the same thing as the guy in the fucking. I feel like being Johnson, a spy. So. Well, look, I I I mean. I feel like like many jobs it is very much like can you hand can you manage your email inbox mm, effectively yeah 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 inbox zero zero seven i yeah I, and this I, is the problem with like a lot of these right they, they think that like the spy stuff is about you know pens with poison darts and stuff but no really it is just about like 
how you handle your paperwork. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Dealing with Karen in HR. I, I mean, I, the I'm thing is... in deals. If <laughs> sort of like putting out feelers on podcasts that you were interested in becoming a spy isn't good enough yeah. to get recruited as a spy, what am I fucking doing with my life, you know? <laughs> exactly what a spy would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm very good at managing my emails, too. Yeah, you might hear uh, that Alice's uh, audio sounds slightly different today. She's coming at us from inside a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, helping hold up a new motorway outside mm, of Moscow. That's right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that's right. No, no. So, so I, I want to move on uh, from our good old friend, Mr. Teal. I'm really not a story about Peter Teal. Like, oh my God, billionaire collaborates with, uh, with state to try to secure favorable treatment after trying to collaborate with other arm of state yeah. disavowed by previous. Yeah, it's, it's mostly just remember. Hey, remember Chuck Johnson? You know, remember yeah. that guy? Yeah. Uh, and instead, mm. just like see, enjoying American Jan Marsalek, uh, with all the attendant whininess, tattling, and of course, nothing but posting. An Amer an American Jan Marsalek who can be Jan Marsalek from his computer chair and never actually do anything fun. <laughs> yeah, gamer Marsalek. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I want to move on, of course, to the uh, our Amazon discussion and the discussion about your uh, journey to the heart of the beast. Tell me mm. about Paul Butler. Paul Butler, the big, the big fella. Princess Diana's butler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul Burrell. I'm sorry, I should have yeah. said. Uh, yeah, I mean, I went and worked undercover at Amazon. Amazon Coventry went into the belly of the beast, uh, which is sort of the center of the Amazon universe a little bit uh, in terms of the union stuff at the moment. Mm. Uh, very close to unionizing, sort of the closest warehouse outside of Staten Island, uh, which is unionized, obviously, the AOU. And uh, yeah, I went, and, I went and worked there undercover, sprayed my hair brown because I'm moderately recognizable. And uh, yeah, I looked a bit missed outfire, but it did the trick. For, <laughs> Happens to the best of us. <laughs> The, yeah, the, the initial... fake tits were a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last it thing they like, suspect, you know? It was the complex mat of hair that the, the spray that I had used made it quite doubtfire. Uh, and then the glasses. Yeah, I mean, I, I applied for a job at Amazon Coventry. I got it. I strapped a camera between my trousers, between my legs, and I went in. And, and, and you got you got rumbled very quickly, as I understand it, right? That, day, day three. Day, day three. three. And th this is the thing, right? The, the show is great, but this was the bit that sort of moved from comedy with like, you know, with, with an edge of like the, the stuff to like, oh, we are brushing the wings of something quite dark here is when they took you into the like back rooms. Yeah. yeah. Essentially what happened is you were there at a at a warehouse seeing essentially seeing what you could do to uh, prank Amazon, but also like actually looking at what they were doing in the run-up to this unionization effort. Yeah. Uh, you could say, um, and you were there for three days. They rumbled you and then took you to what I can only describe as an Amazon fulfillment center black site. <laughs> yeah, it's um, true. But how do you think they knew who you were? And that, that information gets disseminated and they just know that and can act on it so quickly. One of the people ratted on me. Wow. Someone ratted on me. It's like horizontal Genuinely. surveillance, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it was kind of, so on my third day, the first day was kind of induction day and you're kind of going around the warehouse. And look, the disguise was just Clark Kent, wasn't it? It was just a pair of glasses and a slightly different <laughs> arrangement of my hair. Uh, so I was, it was always a danger. And I can't, it took us six months to get that signed off. 
six mm-hmm. months to for the Channel Four to allow me to go with a camera on me into Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, and in you know in the short amount of time we did manage to observe depressing things, obviously as you'd expect. Uh, you know, people in chronic pain. It kind of being like this, like open secret kind of thing. There's mm. loads of stuff that we can't, I can't talk about because my camera fucked up on one day, and we tried to put it in the film, and then that, you know, ultimately we have to take it out because we can't prove it. Um, mm. But you know, we got we got what we needed, um, which was sort of evidence of stuff that we were struggling to prove from the outside. You know. People at Amazon Coventry, from the people we were talking to, were describing it sort of being like a prisoner. Uh, and it was, it's, you know, it's just fucking hell, like the way people feel. It is, there's an atmosphere. I used to work in a car factory when I was 18, 19. So different, very, very different. Uh, the pressure that you have, the surveillance is intense. Every time you come off the warehouse floor, you know, three times a day, you have to go through airport style security scanners. This is in your break. So, and the warehouse is huge. So even that, you know, uh, but like, yeah. So, I mean, I had a camera on me, so I knew I was going to, I was going to go off every time. So I was just like, I've got a pelvic screw. But yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was day three, like after like bad shifts, working in bad heat, no ventilation, a lot of people in pain. And obviously I was part of this alleged, alleged, listen to me, hiring spree, uh, that GMB have talked about since in order to uh, just sort of suppress the upcoming union vote in, in Amazon Coventry, which was successful, you know. I, uh, they, dub- they allegedly doubled the size of the workforce in a very short space of time. I, I, out of like I was a, one of a hundred sort of new recruits and two, only two of us out of all those recruits weren't students from South Asia on temporary visas. Um, and yeah, which was interesting so they can only work 20 hours a week um yeah i mean look this is all very like earnest beginnings to what is essentially a piece of entertainment you know Mm. the film is still trying to deal with these issues which people have become a little switched off to in a way that actually cuts through that's the idea Mm. yeah and before we get into some of the pranks as well because this is the part that i think um at least i also found most arresting is arresting is is that whole experience of Amazon, Amazon effectively surveilling you, whether sort of through horizontal or vertical surveillance, or people horizontally surveilling one another because they're so conditioned by a culture of vertical surveillance, that ultimately when you were in that room and they said you're Uber Butler and you were like, yep, no, I'm afraid I'm not Paul Butler at all. Um, hmm. You that you then said I'm just going to leave. And they were like, no, you can't leave. You have to go through the scanners and you have to go get searched. And you, know, you have to sit down here and wait a little while. And you just kept saying, no, I'm just going to go. And then you just kept walking away. And they were like, no, you really can't go. A- am am said, I being detained? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, are, you the, are you a state yet? Do you have a monopoly and legitimate use of force yet? No, I'm going to leave. This yeah, is what I was mean, very I- funny and British about it to me. Was it was kind of, it reminded me a bit like, you know, that scene in, in Ocean's Eleven where they get them out back in the casino and they're like roughing them up or whatever. It's like that, but it's just like a woman from HR going yes, like, yeah. well, it's against our policy. As you can see, I'm having a high biz vest, so... Um, Obviously, I will need to escalate this. Yeah. You know the confidentiality agreement you signed? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, the worst thing that could have happened is them finding the camera. If they'd have found the camera, I'd have been in a lot. If I'd have found the camera, if they'd have found the camera, I'd have been in a lot of trouble. 
mm-hmm. so I had to try and get out of there before they did, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they really didn't want me to leave, and I really didn't want to stay. <laughs> was that was that something you had been through before going in, like as like a like a conduct after capture thing to be like, you know, like <laughs> don't let them like search you, just go. Or was that spur of the moment? No, I mean, I was like, there was a lot of stuff that I, I mean, um, they were like, you know, undercover reporters are a specific type, and I ain't one. Um, and I, yeah, it was just stuff like everything can go to court. Everything, all recordings you should expect. Think about what you're saying in that context. So I was like, wanted to say yeah i'm filming undercover boss or whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm actually the boss of amazon yeah. you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. promoted <laughs> so uh, rips off wigs or uh, r- r- like rips off like brown hairspray to reveal totally bald <laughs> jeff bezos head. Yeah. yeah exactly so yeah i mean i want i genuinely wanted to just bullshit as i normally would <laughs> Mm. Uh, but they were like, no, this could go to court. You deeply unserious man. Uh, <laughs> Ch- so, Channel yeah, 4 I mean- doing their official it, it, it escape, evasion, and resistance to interrogation training. <laughs> Jon Snow, I, like, tipping well, a bucket of water over your head. That's why they <laughs> have the you tough enough to bring all of this shit in-house, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I just kept thinking about, like, you're in the, in the, bla- in the Amazon Black site. That Ethan Hawke comes and puts a laptop down in front of you and just starts ordering things in your movies account until you break. <laughs> just like just going through your own account. Like, why did you order like Penguins of Madagascar in 2018? What's going on with you? You know, that's funny actually. Uh, before we start, like when we were kind of gearing up to this, I I did look up through my history to see if they had anything on me. They, yeah, they don't. They don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some, some bad choice, bad choices of taste, maybe. Yeah. But do you think like one of them was annoyed that they had like um they had, they had a reservation at the shed that never materialized? <laughs> yeah. You owe me dinner. <laughs> I had that when I was doing. I did a speech in Norway a few a few years ago, <laughs> and this like rich Norwegian businessman was like. I tried to book a table there, and it was like, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, genuinely. Well, I, I called you, up. but you seem to be doing a podcast at the time. Yeah, you, they, this Call is, back. Yeah, this is, yeah. Call back, back to a like podcast the, from 2017. Yeah. Boom. But, yeah, this is the, the, the view of what it actually is like to be that surveilled that, again, you as someone who's like known, but not like, Famous enough okay, to be Jesus known Christ. to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! They're able to just identify exactly who you are. Mm. Um, but also, the other sort of the, the film then proceeds as to essentially hack, as we mentioned earlier, hacking bits of Amazon um, to do things that they specifically say they would not do, and that any reasonable person would find completely insane that they allow to happen. Um, and I think that there is this summary at least in two of them because two of them is number as we mentioned earlier you made uh amazon driver p which they have to throw out because if their vans are searched and there are bottles full of piss they get demerited or whatever but they can't take a break to piss because then they're time off task right mm. you you highlight that that impossible thing but well, they have to transcend also, the need to piss mm, but also what you do right is you is you show how amazon can talk out of both sides of its mouth it can say to its customers we are a store and it can say to like regulators in the state, we are a platform that connects individual buyers and sellers, and we will just algorithmically promote things. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, kind of making the film has been really difficult. Um, 
and every single outlet that's covered it uh, immediately gets corrections, immediately gets notes. Like it's immediate. Like the Guardian put out their piece two minutes later. You know, the press officer for Channel Four was saying, "Yeah, we've had all these corrections. These corrections. This, you know, this is a serious. The company is very serious about how people." Uh, you know, not breaking the spell, I guess. The spell of, like, um, it doesn't matter whatever, however they operate. I love having the shit quick. Mm. Which is fair enough. I understand mm. that. Uh, or piss quick. But, well, yeah. uh, where was I? Yeah, so, thing about the piss drink. Yeah, it was interesting because I initially listed it as a refillable pump dispenser. That was the initial trick. And then the Amazon's algorithm tricked itself thought it was an energy drink and moved it into energy drinks bypassing it's like uh food and drinks licensing protecting which is interesting hmm. and then hmm. i wanted to get it moved from energy drinks into bitter lemon drinks so i i i uh was going back and forth with them being like i'm a small business owner <laughs> i know this product i manufacture it myself move it into this and at this point like it literally says that urine in the product description mm-hmm. uh and then eventually I emailed Amazon's executive team and then they escalated it and moved it into the category I wanted. Mm. So around liability, you were saying earlier, it's quite interesting because trading standards said to us that if they had knowledge, even if it's a third party seller, small business, whatever, then that liability is also theirs. Mm. Well, of course, if you are selling urine, it's quite hard to know which category of drink it should go into. So I do feel for exactly. them there. I mean, other other than on Amazon.de, where there is a specific Piscatrankin <laughs> category. <laughs> yeah, and, but this is what we, like, when we talk about platforms, right, we always talk about how they, on the one hand, they, they appear to take responsibility for what's on there, right? Like, in seeming to endorse certain things, saying Amazon's choice or what have you. But generally, what they actually do is just algorithmically promote whatever seems to work. And that's very easily gameable, as you've shown, I think, now several times across several different platforms. But also, it's like that's a marked contrast how lightly you were surveilled, the light touch with which they looked at you say, I want to sell piss. Here are all the ingredients in piss. It's piss. They mm. just said, number one, promote it, put it, sell it, put it, we'll fulfill it for you, even. Contrast that to the amount of times you got searched between going from the packing and picking line to the smoking area. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, the frictionless mm. of buying versus yeah being a worker there. Well, because you, yeah, yeah, you could have been trying to steal some of the piss off of the work floor. You know this this Paul Butler guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy yeah, right. do. <laughs> this is valuable <laughs> piss. <laughs> you know, it's the it's the it's the, they say we will package and sell whatever this is for you, and it being piss. That's the meeting point between the other highly controlled access and highly surveilled. Uh, lives of the workers and a total free for all for businesses. That's what ha- that's what we had back when, like, um, before say I don't know t- any kind of trading standards mm. meant that you could just sell whatever and call it whatever. Yeah, my my uh, in my family history, uh, one of my great uncles was uh, used to sell rabbit droppings as medicine. I know that. Mm. <laughs> wow, there you go. Family business, you know. Yeah. yeah, but we talk a lot about you know there about the sort of unfettered world of of tech feudalism uh, or the unfettered world of like, you know, neoliberal um, uh, sort of like avarice, right? As being actually returning to the kinds of, um, uh, uh, returning to the kinds of experiences that you would have in the 19th century, 
mm. right? Like, do- like dog bitings now, dog maulings now much more common. Yeah, yeah. You mm. could people selling piss as a cure all. Yeah, much more common. Gwyneth Paltrow will be all over this. Yeah. <laughs> this is goop. Also, we can talk about right the the idea that Amazon says to customers, "Trust us, we're a store," mm. and it, regulators until they're not. It's it's very much like a, you wouldn't regulate a guy with glasses, right? Is to be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> buy buy from us, we're a store, we're a store, we're a store. The regulator rounds the corner. We're just a a simple country platform, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about how dun, 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 you wouldn't drink a piss, <laughs> for example. And this is the same logic that allowed your um young nieces to use an Alexa to order thousands and thousands of pounds of knives and rat poison. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Shout out to Even Penny. Yeah. Uh, Look, they've got a mole problem in their garden and they need to deal with it one way or another. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'm going to start a weapon unboxing YouTube channel with them. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was like, yeah, one of those, I had to kind of fight quite hard to get that in the film. Uh, but I think it's actually one of the, I think it's my favorite bit, I think. It's just because it's so, so, so demented. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that the, Amazon keeps on, in its kind of right to reply, keeps on talking about, well, all items that should be, a, all items items that are age verified, you can't buy through your election. It's like, yeah, but these, these weren't age verified. That's the whole mm. fucking what point. Was, what were some of the items that were Yeah, so like knives, lots of knives. <laughs> Uh, my niece at one point, four years old, turned to me and they've just been ordering all these different knives through their Alexa with like no issue and getting them sent to Amazon's lockers, basically, or th- to my parents' house. But the interesting thing about Amazon lockers is because there is it, age verification is impossible in an Amazon locker. It is impossible. Mm. And like 90% of the items we ordered, we put through there. And to be honest, the niece's part of it is is the vehicle w- with why it's a fun stunt. But legally speaking, it didn't. Ha- I could have ordered them items. It doesn't matter. It's just simply not age verifying something that should be age verified is an offence. Mm. And then if you then don't package it in the right way, another offence. If you don't ID someone at the door, third offence. And like, in order for those things to um, all fall in line at the point of purchase, you need to have been ID'd. You know, when you try and, you know, you whenever you try and order like bottle of vodka or whatever like that like alcohol they're pretty good at regulating on amazon Mm. but these weapons that we found a lot of different items solvents we did a lot of solvents uh yeah and then we worked on the film (laughs) 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 that's why we got the ideas bro me and uh me and teal um (laughs) but yeah i yeah i i uh we, yeah, I mean, the only we would have done lots of different ones. I wanted to buy uranium at one point, but they've stopped selling it on there. <laughs> Wait, they <laughs> were selling it? <laughs> yeah, they were selling uranium. I was like, oh, this is the perfect bit. But the Shipping other thing costs that was... on that have got to be prohibitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it can only go to places that are served by armored train, unfortunately. <laughs> but unfortunately, you're not in, so they have to leave it behind your bin. <laughs> throwing, it's like throwing, it really over, <laughs> throwing it over the fence and absolutely destroying <laughs> Destroying your conservatory. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, go, go have a look online. They, they used to sell it on Amazon, mm. and uh, that was my dream: was getting an order in uranium. Uh, but our budget wasn't that big, so I was sticking to things like knives and razor blades. And uh, it's hard to do county lines with uranium. To be fair, exactly, it yeah, is yeah. these days. Anyway, John 
old boomer told me. We're trying to build anti-tank <laughs> munitions to sell Ket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the so, county so, lines wars are really amping up. But if if you weren't able to get uranium, that does make me like curious about what else was in the works for this that for like for one reason or another just didn't yeah. quite come through. For this specific stunt. Oh, in general, yeah. In general. Oh, right, yeah. Oh god, we had such a we had so many good bits. Uh there was there was one bit about um you know uh, the Roomba which Amazon bought the little machine vacuum mm. uh i i <laughs> read that you can like uh blue, build blueprints of people's houses if you from their Roomba uh like mm. if you have the Roomba so i wanted to like go and get an interview with a kind of high level Amazon executive and like go to their house <laughs> And like, let off a rumor as we chatted. <laughs> <laughs> like, completely strawberry lens the interview. And like, you know, be like, oh, you guys are great. Um, and then take the rumor with me, get the blueprints off the rumor. I did all this bit, the get the how to do the tech bit, but I, the Channel 4 wouldn't let me do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go to like a, like a maximum security prison, find a cat burglar, and be like, what could you do with these plans and have them be like, hey, this, here's where I would f- get in there. This is what I would do with this part of the house. This is what I'd do with that. Then you then go back to the executive and I was like, hey, I've got some of your data. And then, you know, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it, 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 that's the thing. That's what Amazon's doing to all of us. But mm. when you do it to them, it's quote unquote intimidation. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's not in the public interest. <laughs> Just because I gave Charles Bronson the blueprints of some guy's house. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly it's a conspiracy. Yeah. How did I end up here? Yeah, but, you know, this is, uh, number one, I, I, lo- I do wish you were able to pull that stunt. I'm sorry you weren't. <laughs> I, th- I think that the thing that's highlighted about Amazon where in this documentary, the sort of the thread that runs through it kind of bubbling, a thread bubbling is terrible hmm. uh, metaphor mixing. Uh, but the thread below the surface is they're inc- where they choose to be incredibly reckless. You know, it is where they allow the bigness of their, they look at the bigness of their platform, the very thing that allows them to exist in the way that they do, and then just shrug their shoulders and say, well, no one could possibly control all of that. So I guess we might as well not try. And then the care that you would want taken by someone supplying you with something is then just not taken. Whether that means they are not thinking about how or not thinking or thinking about and not caring about the fact that these blueprints of lots of people's houses are stored just how Amazon decides to secure them. I'd like to know how the blueprint of my house is being stored if it's going to be stored somewhere, but also mm. how, you know, uh, the they can say, okay, well, we're going to age verify stuff that's obvious to us, right? But a bunch of these knives, well, they're gardening tools, so we're not going to age verify gardening tools. It's so big that you have to think in categories, and then it's not profitable to do anything more if you're going to have that level of bigness. But where they're not reckless, you go back to the very beginning, right? They're reckless about selling piss. They're reckless about selling knives. They're not reckless about allowing someone to take a piss. Or, 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 or selling, or, or like responding to any of the any of the stuff in the film, you know? Like you say. Yeah. Well, we've got valuable piss <laughs> and we need to keep hold of it. I mean, this man, Paul exactly. Butler, who's infiltrated our warehouse, an, an obvious pseudonym for <laughs> 
piss bottler. Who <laughs> answer this guy? It's <laughs> a spy. There's me in the future. Mm. <laughs> well, you're in like a looper type situation <laughs> with a version of yourself it's a with a sci-fi documentary on Channel Four last night. I didn't know about it. A bit weird. <laughs> last, but the, the the last thing I think I, I, I want to ask beyond sort of stunts you weren't able to pull the sort of these threads that are common between them. Yeah, you know, it's just how fucking difficult was it to get this made? Yeah. Oh my god, so hard. Making a film about some, <laughs> yeah. Up until the very, very last minute, it couldn't have happened. It might not have happened. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was a uh, yeah. It's really difficult. I mean, I commit fraud in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the byline, you know. Like put I, that on the, I, the thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I commit fraud in the film, and Amazon genuinely in the film, a lawyer says to me, "Yeah, you, you know, you could." <laughs> criminal charges for this and I'm like oh yeah but isn't this clever and he's like only if you don't admit to it and I'm like okay well it's too late for that <laughs> yeah, did, you, did you have like a did you have like your own lawyer who like don't go on a podcast or even, or even in situations where we're like okay well if you get if, if you do like end up in, and in your case it did happen yeah. was there any legal advice that was given to you about what you should and shouldn't say in that setting by like a lawyer in, in the on the warehouse floor yeah oh yeah oh, yeah yeah massively uh undercover filming is so heavily regulated because mm. of the invasion of privacy and all that stuff six months of work to get to go in that's like that's just the way it is but like that's like one aspect of it like just getting stuff on television like you will not believe just the amount of i mean i'm a yeah i was used to the wild west of like vice fucking videos on the internet this is a uh, a bit different. I dropped acid in an Amazon factory. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I it, yeah, it was impo- It was really difficult, and like, but it kind of shows. And Amazon have really Amazon have, have got unlimited resources, basically, haven't they? Mm-hmm. And their legal team is a lot bigger than Channel Four. But I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm just lucky that a public service broadcaster picked this up. My piss film, so <laughs> <laughs> precious but, piss film. My precious, precious piss film. Uh, yeah and there's a, I mean the, the film I do think like when you make a project like this a documentary or something kind of dawns on you what it is about and what you know themes that kind of come as you finish it uh, and definitely the law is is what for me a lot of this is about um, you know throughout the film I had this kind of vehicle kind of thing that I wanted to do is me talking to the lawyer and telling him after the fact I mean I met this guy in a pub he's like one of he is one of Britain's leading like young jurors, according to some weird Fortune 500 of lawyers. I don't know what it is, but Colin anyway. Um, and I talked to him throughout the film, and you know, I'm ta- he is genuinely like a high, like a high-powered lawyer. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I guess just like stuff like you know, Amazon. As I'm leaving, when I'm getting sort of you know, as I'm leaving, I'm trying to leave. They s- remind me of the confidentiality agreement I've signed and things like that. And he, obviously, at the end of the film, I have him look at that. And uh, he goes through this confidentiality agreement and basically says, well, no, I mean, th- this doesn't really stand up. Uh, but this is not legal advice and no one should take it as legal advice. Mm-hmm. He says that. But it's yeah, we created advice. this website, ndanoway.com, where anyone who works at Amazon can have six minutes of his full legal advice that I kind of tricked him to give in. It's not legal advice. Not legal advice. Thank you. Thank six you. minutes of like academic commentary. Academic yeah. commentary, yeah. <laughs> it's called ndanoway.com. 
Stan Cross designed that as well, and it's yeah. very funny. It looks like Better Call Saul. He's just um, <laughs> and it's uh, it, yeah, get it up, get it up. Well, uh, a lot of things that employers make you sign, like NDAs and stuff, are actually like f- effectively unenforceable. Because it's like the oh, lawyer yeah. says in your film, like you yeah. can't contract people to not reveal stuff that's like breaches of the law. Yeah, and you also exactly. can't contract people out of their statutory rights and so on. But your employer right. will have you believe that they can do this, but they can't. Exactly. So a lot of stuff you sign in these situations is actually horseshit anyway. Well, yeah, I, I think that's oh, good. No, no, he he basically says, I say to him, you know. He's like, look, you know, it does say you need to go through the appropriate channels. And I'm like, yeah, but what if someone just doesn't fucking want to do that? They don't like their manager. They don't feel, could you tweet about it? And he was like, and then he's like, basically, he said that he would direct anyone who's going through that to ACAS, uh, Mm. free employment advice. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it is insane. Yeah. the, The basic understanding, like what even is a protected disclosure? Like what? I was had to work for four hours on a truck that I was told I was going to be off for after half an hour I was there for four hours there was no van it was 40 degrees that's something that happened to me while I was working there like what am I not allowed to say is that a, is that like company secrets I mean I, I think this gets back around to what uh, this the, the way I sort of felt the theme of the law made itself known in the documentary which is that Amazon is able to make the law what it needs to make the law. Mm. It's able to make regulation what it needs to make regulation. A fine is a cost of doing business. And all of that means that, well, you need to be quite scrupulous about what you think of as a protected disclosure. They are able to use the sheer force of their bigness, political influence, and money to get to define what a protected disclosure is. What it really highlights is how uneven a playing field the law actually is. Yeah, I mean, uh, Colin actually said something that we cut out the film, but he was like, the law's like the doors of the Ritz, open to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and it comes back around to like thinking, well, if Amazon has essentially made itself, in more than just one way, by the way, it's not just incredible uh, infrastructure, I say incredible meaning gigantic and huge and all, now all-consuming and um, it's warmed its way into everything for physical goods, but also for digital as well with Amazon yeah. Web Services. I mean, that, right? yeah, that ndanoway.com is probably hosted on AWS. Probably. Yeah. Just by mm-hmm. the law of like averages. <clears throat> yeah. Well, almost certainly. And, you know, that there, this has wormed its way into becoming the plumbing for so many things. It, it is essentially able to be a kind of un, an un um, foyable public utility privately owned by one man. Mm, or yeah. privately owned by its shareholders and run by Andy Jassy, sort of uh, seen over by, by Jeff Bezos. Well, that's why the thing, talking about infrastructure, that's why I wanted to do the pothole bit. <laughs> I <laughs> love I the potholes. To, thank you. I knew you would. I yeah. knew you would. I appreciated uh, this. Yeah. It, I mean, I got a whole bit where I sort of try and trick Amazon into paying tax by ordering load of cement from Amazon, going around Britain, filling in potholes with it. And then mm. sending back sand from the beach that weighs the same amount. It's ironically, <laughs> a constituent example. ingredient of cement. Yeah. Thank but you. Another yeah. example, yeah. though. Another yeah. example, though, of how they are relatively reckless. They yeah. have designed yeah. their whole system to work to sort of just tick over well enough without human, uh, without human oversight. And look what fucking happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's it. It's like how quick can Amazon make a prime delivery without the roads that taxes pay for that's the piece of logic isn't it and it's mm. like 
replacing mm. infrastructure. And- I was going to say on the subject of like what went into making the film uh, and, and legal agreements, a, f- a few yeah. months ago, I got a text from Uber asking if I would mind <laughs> making a purchase on Amazon on his behalf. And I was like, sure. <laughs> so then I get looped in an email chain with some people at the production company. And then I had to sign an agreement about not saying anything about the fact that I was going to buy some piss. And then in the email, in block capitals, it said, you will not receive any urine. (laughs) 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 Which I sort of presumed that I wouldn't, but I was glad to have that on in writing. I mean, we had, this is something I didn't mention, we had real people trying to buy the drink. Mm. Real people who we we weren't in on it tried to buy the fucking drink. Mm. And I was like, this could be it. This could be my moment. Yeah, but, you know, it's popping off in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> one, one man was, was like, yeah, finally. Goes well with like rice sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> finally, I don't have to keep going to Ostbenhof every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I could just get it to my house. <laughs> if you want to talk, by the way, just to, as a little bit of a capstone about Amazon, let's say, allowing its bigness to pull people out of the... I mean, look, we talk about... There are lots of things about Amazon that are terrible. We talk about it frequently, and we always look at a different facet of it. It's almost like a a hyper-object. It's hard to conceive of all at once. Um, And so what we're talking about now is their recklessness that they with which they treat their uh, consumers versus the... and and regulators and and the the world that they operate in versus the scrutiny that they subject their employees to... Um, if you want to talk about, and again, this is just one dimension of that, um, let's say the next step of that is that they, a couple of days ago, they announced a new wave of humanoid robots that they were going to deploy throughout all of their factories um, in a bid to completely automate their workflow. So this, um, they have this thing called Digit, a robot with two arms and two legs, um, which oh, again, they number. say, yeah, they say, why not eight? Let's have an octopus robot. Mm. But Let's um, please not have an octopus robot. <laughs> which are going Can to I have that robot's number <laughs> <laughs> they are going to operate in Amazon warehouses to quote again eliminate all the menial and mundane and repetitive tasks with Amazon bosses reassuring staff that they are irreplaceable and the introduction of new technology doesn't mean there will be fewer warehouse workers or that they will um, let's say uh, have their own work become more automated because mm-hmm. what we've seen is time and time again Amazon introduces robotics into its warehouses and what that does is it makes the robots the boss and it forces the staff to work more like robots, leading to things like repetitive strain injuries. Yeah, I mean, you could also talk about another piece of news that came out like a week ago where Amazon accused of uh, human trafficking in Saudi Arabia. So that's another it's another one to think about with their workforce, isn't it? Mm. Was it just called this- in Saudi Arabia the normal way of doing business. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell, that's dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Insane, yeah. Well, and this is this is one of their um, spokesmen. This is on on Amazon's own internal PR site. So one of the best show- sources for this show is just companies' own PR. Mm. Um, they emphasize the ability of technology to augment and not replace what the quote unquote human oriented work. Continuing, when we do our job really really well, a robotic systems just bend blend into the background to become ubiquitous. You don't talk about your dishwasher too much in your kitchen, but it's an amazing robot. It's such a great robot that I don't even call it a robot. Again, sort of Trump a- syntax there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Even if people said it was a terrible robot, I'd say it's great to me. <laughs> I've just remembered a bit. I remembered another bit we cut. Oh, please. There was a, a robot that uh, broke someone's arm uh, that works in a, in a factory in the Midwest somewhere in America. Yeah, the arm-breaking uh, robot. Yeah. <laughs> <For informing laughs> we have this thing. 
<laughs> well, it was it, uh, it was a specific robot that was like bro- <laughs> broken someone's arm. I think it injured someone else. And I was like, I want to assassinate the robot. <laughs> What a, how do I take out that robot? And I was like, have you performed some sort of complicated bit where I where I go in and I assassinate a specific robot? And they were like, so you're talking about doing like millions of pounds of uh, criminal damage there. And I was like, no, I want to kill the robot. <laughs> yeah, Lonium. it's not a robot. It's so good. It's now a person. I, I love yeah. the like, What if you bought the com- uranium from Amazon and then <laughs> built a weapon out of that? Return then this it. Circular yeah. economy, right? Yeah. Send a ball of piss back. <laughs> um, I love, I love evil company PR where it's just like now the use of the term human trafficking is only really germane to our operation if you think of them as people which we do not <laughs> I love it. This, this bottle of piss I bought from the Amazon uranium warehouse is glowing awfully green <laughs> yeah, you have like one hemisphere of plutonium that you buy that comes from one fulfillment center another from another you return them both they go to the same return center you know hmm. Uh, I, I love the uh, like a 1990s anti-globalization. Like this uranium was mined in Quebec, then packaged <laughs> oh, yeah, in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but this is also coming when Amazon's talking about using re- using drone technology. Um, where again, this uh, they say that advances in technology are taking place in industries where widespread 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 strikes are taking place, and employees are demanding better working conditions and pay. This is from a blog talking about Amazon, not Amazon themselves. I don't think they'd be saying this. What with the use of robotics, employers may be able to bypass these demands altogether. So that's from, uh, excuse me. That I'm going to start that again. Um, but this is from HR Grapevine, a company that uh, one of these specialist uh, 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 HR. Like uh, one more time. This is from HR Grapevine, which is uh, one of these like trade publications that I, I sometimes find, mm. uh, where they talk about how these <laughs> it's advances got in a very technology. like uh, press round on Have I Got News for You energy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I love those. Uh, as any listener to this uh, show will know, I love very mm. specific trade publications. Yeah. The Grocer has been so helpful to me. Yeah. Quebec <laughs> Uranium Quarterly. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they sort of noted, right, that they're, all of these announcements are taking place at the same time, that they're using drone technology to, to deliver parcels. Again, they claim to be doing that. Who knows how well it will work or how many people will be killed by just, like, someone's uh, uranium yeah, falling off the Yeah, different kind height. of drone strike, you know? Yeah. Mm. Um, like and, it. And that, you know, or, or you know, these... Uh, 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 robots coming into warehouses where unionizations might be happening. Uh, the HR grapevine just notes blithely, again, it's for HR professionals, so it's like, this is good. Uh, notably, the HR whisper network. <laughs> these advances in technology are taking place in industries where widespread strikes are also taking place, and employees are demanding better working conditions and pay. The use of robotics, employers may be able to bypass these demands altogether. So, if we saw, right, that so many of these failures to take care that uh, Amazon is sort of perpetrating, selling people piss or, or all this stuff, you know, where they're saying, well, we're going to do more of that. We have more packages just flying through the air. We're going to have more robots in our, um, in, in our fulfillment centers. Uh, and that's like largely without saying it because of unionization. Uh, again, they've not said that, of, but you can sort of connect the dots yourself. Uh, that all, the, all this is saying that a fundamental piece of the plumbing of uh, our lives is going to get probably more reckless. Yeah, I don't. I, I I don't know. With all this stuff, I, I I don't. I tend to feel like. I mean, I think in the warehouse I was in, they had. Yeah, they did. They had some robots in there. Um, isn't it all just going to be basically dysfunctional without humans anyway? So it's just kind of a way to sort of demean people and demoralize them rather than 
genuinely having like this ro- robotopia fucking fulfillment yeah. center. It'll just be like the you know the jobs become. It'll be more interaction between humans and robots. But I do think that the it's just constantly reframing of the debate to position themselves as a this sort of tech innovative tech company when I mean they're basically just Walmart. Mm. <laughs> Innovative, right? It, it, but not innovative in the way that they'd like you to think they're being innovative. Uh, you said loads of stuff that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, thank you for coming and saying it on here. I uh, appreciate it. We should uh, place it with like long beeps, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, really uh, long beeps. If you're in the UK, you can check out uh, the great Amazon heist on Channel 4. Mm. Uh, if you're not in the UK, I suppose you're going to have to find your own way to check it out. Yeah, and if you yeah. if you work for Amazon, uh, you can get some free academic commentary. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, once again, Uba, thank you very much. It's been a delight. Thank you, guys. Uh, secondly, if you are out there listening to us, uh, you should check out our Patreon for $5 a month only once. You have donated to Medical Aid for Palestinians, the link of which will, of course, be in the show notes. Um, and uh, otherwise, we'll see you in a few days on the bonus episode. Our theme song is Here We Go by Ginseng. Check it out on Spotify, which I'm aware also is a platform <laughs> probably hosted on Amazon Web Services. Uh, but once everything. you make your peace with that, check out yeah. Je- um, Ginseng's Here We Go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See you in a few days, everybody, unless Milo, you have dates. Uh, yeah, uh, November 11, 12, and 14, I will be in uh, Bristol, Birmingham, and Oxford, respectively. The tickets for that are slowly are slowly trickling away, so please do, uh, much like the piss of an Amazon driver, um, please do grab a hold of those. Lovely. Link's on my website. Okay, now for real, we'll see you in a few days. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.